All right, so recording this two o'clock, uh, the sixth of June. Got uh me and Nolan, we back on the pod. But today, man, today's a special episode because today we got Brad from the Daily Knicks coming on to talk some Knicks and a little bit of uh, the NBA. Uh, so uh, I wanted to speak to you, Brad, about uh just the season in general, just the surprise like the Knicks have gave us the the momentum that the city got and uh towards next season. You know how we're gonna move that to next season. How you feel about the season, Brad? How could how could you be upset? How realistically speaking, how could anyone be upset based on the projections that the team had at the beginning of the of the season? You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember thinking and, and writing more more importantly, writing about in uh, in December about you know fate, hashtag fade for Cade or. Yeah. <laughs> whoever it was in the top five that we were going to be able to draft. And I was really hoping that, you know, we were going <laughs> to, I was hoping that we would trade uh, Julius Randle. <laughs> oh, I wrote the same thing. Uh, for a bag of peanuts, you know, um, anything how, how second big, round pig. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I mean, there, there was an art, one of my, uh, one of my first articles in the month of December, I didn't even realize it, but um, I, I just, you know, started going through a bunch of trade scenarios and it turned out that I included Julius Randle in each and every single one. And <laughs> if, you know, looking back on it, um, looking back on it, we would have been absolutely raped <laughs> in oh, every one of those sure. trade scenarios. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, you really can't be upset with what happened. I think what it was, it all culminated. It all, it all, it all crystallized in, in the playoffs where when, when you're playing a team and, you know, there's back-to-back games, there's games off, there's, you know, rested players, there's injured players and so on and so forth throughout the season. We were relatively lucky uh, with, with injuries. You know, we, we had a few major ones, but ultimately we were relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can outgrind, you can outgrind other teams throughout the regular season, but, when it comes to the playoffs, when the other team is grinding just as hard as you are, uh, talent is going to win out. And it just goes to show that we just didn't have the talent, which we all knew, which we all knew in, in the beginning of the season that we didn't have the talent. And like I said, you know, I was talking about who we were going to draft in the top five and God forbid we fall out of the top five. Now we're drafting 19 and 21. We just made the playoffs. We won a playoff game. So yeah, you really can't be upset at all. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, like, no one projected us to be in the playoffs. We basically brought back the same roster that won, what, like, 21 games last year? Yeah. Outside yeah. of, like, the rookies and uh, Noel and a few people like that. Literally, it was, I'm pretty sure, I mean, beginning of the season, it was Burks, Noel, and then the two rookies. Right, uh, right. In January, we also brought in. Derek Rose, but those were really the, the only major changes that were made. And like, as far as the regular season goes, I guess like the only criticism you can have is that maybe Tibbs could have handled the elf situation better. But I mean, if that's really the biggest complaint you have, um, I think we really just had a great season that exceeded every expectation. I mean, the playoffs definitely disappointing. Um, if we win that game one, we come up with that steal and it's a 2-0 going into Atlanta, I think it has a different perspective, like a different light on it. Like, And even like I was talking to Hamza a little bit before you got on about the Memphis series, how they lost 4-1. to And 
that has a different perspective as well. I mean, that's mostly because Jaws like balled out in his series, whereas Randall and RJ kind of disappeared in ours. But I mean, it, it's hard to be upset when we were projected with the lowest win total and like the most salary cap in the league. So I fully agree. It's been just like, it's been a really special year. Special. That, that's the, that's the, that's the only way you can really explain it. It's just like a special, special year. You know, when you think back at like the, for example, the 2012, 2013 season, that was special too. That was a lot of fun for all of us. And, you know, Definitely. yeah, that's right around when I became a Knicks fan. <laughs> right. You know, it's like having having special players like Carmelo Anthony, having special players like Tyson Chandler, Amari Stoudemire, so on and so forth, a bunch of really good role players. But we expected a title, you know? Yeah. When, we, when we expected, it's like if 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 you told me at in December that the Knicks would be p- picking outside the top 10, I'd be like, no freaking way. You know, like, there's no there's no way. Come on. We're going to we're going to trade Julius Randle. We might be able to get like a like a Mook Morris deal where we trade him somewhere for like a late first round pick. That would be great. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, I uh, in my um, daily Knicks article I wrote at the preseason, I was um, I said I'd trade Randle. Like, as soon as we drafted Obi, I was like, that means we've seen the last game of Julius Randle in a Knicks uniform. Yeah. We'll probably, I'd be happy to trade him for two second round picks. Like, I was in the same exact boat as you. I mean, I think all Knicks fans were realistically. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I put, I remember putting a, a trade together where it was like Julius Randle and something else for Mike Conley. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that would have happened. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. The Conley stuff was real hot at the time real hot yeah and it's uh yeah for me like it's interesting to see the knicks uh play this year because even last year when uh when mike miller came and took control of the team we played a lot better basketball the ball was moving we were defending um way way better than when we did when we had fizzdale and uh coming how bad of a coach was man man he he might get some interviews with boston and portland coming around that's insane you know what it is He's, he's more of like he is the type of coach you want when you already have stars because he's not an X's and O's guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. He, he gives you he's a hype man. You know, he'll, he'll get you pumped up um, when you have guys like, for example, with Boston, when you have guys like I was just thinking that. Yeah. And then, you know, it, literally, like there's so many offensive possessions where it's like give Jason the ball. Right. Let him cook. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we don't we have that in Julius Randle, but we just didn't have that. For that version of Julius Randle last year, unfortunately for Fizz. Yeah, the plan, the plan was to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, yeah. and that didn't happen. They cleared house because they knew he wasn't the coach for a rebuild. Yeah, and it's, it's it's interesting, right? Because um, coming into the season when they drafted Obi at that uh at that eight spot, I was like, damn, okay, so I guess we are really are going to replace mm-hmm. Julius Randle at this point. I think, it, I think that was the plan. Yeah, I it was, was. was until he started balling out, right? Yeah, yeah, he proved us all wrong. I think all that all that was was the the front office not wanting to make rash decisions, and they were gonna try to see what they had in the team and it's it's a smart it's a smart move by leon rose in particular if that guy doesn't win executive of the the year i I, i'd be shocked because he's just been tremendous in every facet of the term now you know he wanted to see maybe the first half a year maybe the first year that's why they didn't really make a lot of huge moves 
Um, he wanted to see what it is that he had before he started making some serious moves. So Knicks fans get excited. Cause I think this off season is going to be yeah. fireworks one way or another, for sure. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, you know, talking about like the moves and stuff that Leon Morris might, you know, do uh, a few guys who came in through the summer, Alec Burke, Reggie Bullock, uh, Noel, uh, you know, all three of those guys, even though you don't know what has some injury trouble, they didn't play their best in the playoffs. Uh, Brad, how do you feel about extending them? What type of contracts would you give them? Like, how do you feel about that situation? Yeah, uh, I've actually spoken about this extensively, so I'm very, very well prepared <laughs> <laughs> in regards to how I feel about all these different re-signees and stuff. I mean, uh, Alec Burks, had we had we won game one back to what you were saying before nolan like i i i said the same thing i really do think like because we played a great game in game one uh mm-hmm. we didn't look that good but had we went into game three with a two you know up 2-0 it probably would have changed the series who knows but going back to game one if we won game one who could you point your finger at and say that's the guy who won us the game oh, Alec Alec Burks, Burks, without a question seven points um and Derek Rose uh, kept us in game one, won game two on his shoulders alone, and, you know, looked really, really good in other games as well. Yeah. Reggie Derrick Rose had a great playoffs. Yeah. Reggie had his ups and downs. Um, but, I mean, I, I just think that he's just such a solid, solid player to have. I, I think it, it's good to have him as the type of player that can play like the two or the three and start in a pinch. But he, I think he's much better – utilized in a reserve role so i mean my my idea and you guys can kind of you know obviously chime in on if you disagree with me but I, i'm pretty solid in in what i want the knicks to do what they end up doing who knows you know and also this has a lot to do with what kind of acquisitions they make whether they make trades whether they uh make signings and stuff like that but i think derrick rose is a must keep um for a number of different reasons mm. um I think that he would come and stay on a little bit of a sweetheart deal. Uh, you know, maybe like a one plus one, $10 million each year, $20 million total, yeah, you know, be able total. to opt out. Of, right. Um, so Reggie for no other reason than the fact that he's just, he embodies everything that is to be like a New York, New York Knicks basketball player. And just like a New Yorker in general, uh, he's a Tibbs guy more so than anything, just the way he plays. So I think he has to be back. Um, also, he, he does some, like, activist work. So he has a, a transgender sibling. Oh, yeah, he's great with that. Yeah. He has a transgender sibling, and the, the sibling was murdered. And, um, you know, he does a lot of activist work here in New York. So I think that he would take a, a really, really nice – not a pay cut per se. Like, I want to see the guy get paid. But I think that he would take less to stay here uh, on maybe, like, a longer-term contract. And I would love to have him – uh, back in whatever capacity. Now, Alec Burks isn't great. It's just that I feel like what what it is that he does can be replaced a lot more easily. Uh, and also the, the type of money that he may demand may be a lot more. So I think unless, unless we don't upgrade on the wing, on the starting five, like let's say we just go out and get a starting point guard, then you can keep both Alec Burks uh, and, and Reggie Bullock. But if we want to upgrade on the wing as well, uh, let's say, you know, with a DeMar DeRozan or whatever the case may be, a shooting guard, whatever, whatever it is. Um, I think that Alec Burks is the most replaceable out of everybody. And I hate to say that because I love the guy. 
Now, when it comes when it comes to the center, it's a weird situation there because we did sign Norvell Pell to a multi-year deal, but it's also like team options, so they can opt out whenever the hell they want. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't necessarily know what his future with the team is going to be, but why sign him to a multi-year deal if you only wanted him just for like an insurance policy for the three guys that you have now, you know, maybe they like him. Maybe they like him a lot. And maybe he kind of takes that third string Taj role, which means Taj Taj may not be back necessarily next year. I think Taj will maintain some kind of relationship with the team, uh, whether it's on the coaching staff or whatever the case may be, or he may just be here. Really the biggest question mark in my opinion, and I'll, I'll, I'll end it on this. The, the biggest question mark in my opinion is the, the Mitch and Noel situation. Mitch is entering his last year of his uh, rookie contract. He's a second round pick. So therefore he's an unrestricted free agent. So we only have leverage this summer. And then up until the trade deadline after that, he can leave for nothing. So we need to figure out whether we want to extend him. If they give him like, you know, three years, 30 million, I'd be happy with it. If they extend him and he takes something that we, we'd be willing to give him. No, Nerland's Noel will not be a Nick next year. And I hate to say it, but. It just doesn't make a lot of sense because Nerlens Noel also just got a brand new agent. He wants to get paid. There's no way. I mean, in this day and age, unless you have like a Nikola Jokic or or, or Carl Anthony Towns or a Joel Embiid, like a premier center, you just don't spend that much money at the center position. Where obviously you can get you know decent center play for five million dollars in Nerlens Noel, nothing for Taj Gibson and nothing for Norvell Pell. You can actually get a pretty decent center if you rotate them correctly. So. There's a lot of question marks going into this offseason for sure, but that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, absolutely. On the center spot specifically, I mean, I think, like you said, Noel, no matter what, I think he's gone just because he already turned down that $70 million contract from Dallas, and I'm sure he wants to get paid every penny that he can this year. So I'd let him walk. I mean, I know he was a little banged up in the playoffs, but you could saw him get exposed as a limited player. He has probably, like, the worst hands in the league. And like you said, we have Norvell Pell and hopefully we can lock up Mitch to a reasonable deal. Um, I also heard some rumors about the Pacers shopping Miles Turner. And I'd be super interested in that. Uh, a stretch five like that could really open things up for the offense. Um, I guess the only person that I wouldn't want to see come back this offseason and I really like him as a player, but just Frank, just because if we didn't play him this year with Alfred Payton as the starting point guard, I don't know why you bring him back just to sit him on the bench. I mean, outside of that, like you said, it's like all these players are great to have back, but just depends on how much money each one's going to command. And I think Derek Rose will get a lot of offers, but I think he'll stay with Tibbs. I think, I think Reggie is good, but I could actually see them going into free agency, maybe replacing, trying to replace him with someone like Lonzo Ball or I know Duncan Robinson's a restricted free agent, but maybe throw some money at him. I'm sure Miami will probably match it, but I like Burks a little bit more than Reggie just because of the shot creation and like the ability to run point. But I mean, yeah, I mean, all these guys that are role players on the team have been so good this year that 
I don't, I'm not necessarily in like the camp of run this team back with everybody, but elf, but I wouldn't be upset to see pretty much any of these players back outside of like Frank and people that just didn't see minutes like Knox and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The thing, the thing with me is that um, I feel like, you know, the center position is going to be, it has to be changed because first like Noel, Noel injury history has been concerning since before he even got here. I, I've been concerned about Noel's injuries and um, he's been knickknacked all throughout the year. And, you know, he can't really handle big guard, big guys like Capella, Jokic. We've seen throughout the year, you know, he has some disadvantages on the defensive side. Uh, also, like with Mitch, I've quoted uh, the Bryce Thomas contract a whole bunch of times, like the three years, $25 million. I feel like that's a good middle point for us and him. And, and uh, you know, him. Yeah, yeah. Who got that contract? Uh, Thomas Bryant. I feel like they should offer him the same contract, 325 I think I think that's low ball. I mean, you I think, think that's low ball. You a think little, it's, uh, you think it's about ten. I feel like Mitch is a, a much better player than Thomas Bryant. Like Thomas Bryant had that little bit of shine, but obviously, like now that you know, um, Bradley Beal is was. I don't think he was healthy when Thomas Bryant was like balling out. If I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Um, the thing about that is though like you gotta think that uh before he went down with that uh injury he's been he's been healthy Tom Ryan been healthy and you know availability is the best best. one of the yeah it's one of the best things in the yeah but I mean Mitch isn't like necessarily injury prone bro he's been injury prone every year well he's not any more than any standard big man outside yeah I think I think his injuries have been a little kind of like freakish they're not like they're not like hamstring injuries where it's like a nagging injury, like a groin injury where it's like knees, back, anything like, like that. He's had ankle problems. Hand. He had ankle like, problems. But yeah, but like you randomly broke your hand, you randomly broke your foot. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Weird, weird stuff. Um, the one, th- you know, uh, Nolan, I don't know if you read any of my articles, but I read some, yeah, sure. I've I've written extensively. I think I think it'd be a, a an awesome deal if uh, to touch on what you said before, uh, Miles Turner. Uh, oh, yeah. for yeah. a number of reasons. And, you know, I think he, he matches Mitch's defensive. Probably better defensively in a lot of ways. The only way I think Mitch would be better is maybe just like playing passing lanes and obviously blocking jump shooters. He's just a freak of nature in that regard. Oh yeah. Uh, but like everything else, Miles Turner does better defensively. Uh, he's a better rebounder and he's a better scorer. He's and a better passer too. Even. He's a, he's a decent passer as well. He's, he's, he's got, you know, He's learned a little bit from Sabonis, you know? So the reason I think that he would be a tremendous fit for a number of reasons is because obviously it looks like the Pacers might be looking to shed some salary and rebuild a little bit. And he's making 17 million a year. I think that they wouldn't lose too much if they're just looking to reload and not necessarily rebuild. I think a trade of like Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson in exchange for miles Turner would probably get the deal done. Yeah. And the reason being is because, you know, uh, they, they, I think Knox is getting paid like 6 million this next year. And then Mitch is getting about 1.8. So what is that? Seven, seven, eight million. They, that, that saves them $9 million off the cap right off the bat. And then if they do decide to re-sign Mitch, they can probably get him for much, much less than the 17 million that they'd be paying miles Turner. So, and then for us, you know, he hasn't been as good of a shooter as of late, but miles Turner can shoot a three ball. And I think, you know, one of the main reasons why Julius Randle was stifled the way that he was in the playoffs was because they kept shading 
uh, Capella over to him. Mm-hmm. And they could do that because we have Nerland's freaking Noel and Taj Gibson at the center, and they can't really stretch the floor at all. So I think a stretch five would be tremendous for next year. I would love to see that trade go down. Um, it, it, the last thing I do want to touch on, there's not a shot in hell I'm being I'm okay with them paying $18, $20 million for Duncan Robinson. No way. No way. Yeah. I think that would be such a silly move uh, if, if, if someone wants to go out there and pay him $20 million, because that's what he's going to demand. If he, if someone wants to go out there and pay him 18, 20 million, like I would so much rather give 26, $27 million to DeMar DeRozan as opposed to giving 18 to 20. I'm not DeRozan fan personally, but don't let Twitter hear you. Do not let Twitter hear you. (laughs) I'm the same. I'm the same. I was the same way up until this year. He was a stud. He was a Swiss army knife. He did a little bit of everything for that team. And he had a tremendous, tremendous year. Now, could you point a finger at the fact that he's going into a contract year? Sure. He's a really, really good player, dude. He's a Oh, no, he's a great player. I just don't know if the, if the spacing is – if he's a good enough three-point shooter for this team, I guess is the sure. best. Yeah, plus if Mitch is going to be playing, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, but you can get good shots in the mid-range, and he's great at creating shots. And, like, he doesn't have to be just threes. I mean – He's, he's going to open the floor in other ways just by the attention that he'll draw if he is on the team too. So I get what you're saying. Yeah, and then, you know, you bring in literally anyone aside from Alfred Payton at the one that can yeah. shoot, you know what I mean? And then you also bring in, uh, you know, you have R.J. Barrett who shot 40% this year. Is he going to continue doing that? Probably not. Um, but even if he, you know, even if he de- declines to 37 38%, that's still a viable Oh, yeah. Shooting. And then you also have, you know, Julius Randle who can shoot. Again, is he going to shoot the 41, 42% that he shot? Probably not. If he's, <laughs> even if he shoots at 38%, he's still getting the job done, you know? So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to talk about like the free agents that are coming in 2021 and some of them that, and a few of them that could help us, uh, especially upgrade a few spots like a uh, point guard in the wing. Uh, some guys that I had in mind, uh, Recently, I seen Kendrick Nunn get slander from the Knicks, God, talking about no. they didn't want him on the team. God, no, I don't really. Like I, I'm kind of confused because he he kind of he shot the ball pretty well this year. He shot uh, 38% from three, uh, put up 14 points, was backing up Gordon Dragic, could start a little bit. Definitely would be an upgrade from um Alfred Payton. I, I, I was kind of confused. I I, I I know, yeah, yeah, yeah but Alfred Payton as a measuring stick because he's one of the worst basketball players in the NBA right now. Like, well, one of the worst starters, for sure, I could say. Oh, definitely. So he can't use that as a measuring stick at all. I don't know. I mean. he's He won't be axing for a lot of money. I, so I think it, he I, will. I think he will. I think he'll want something like uh-huh. that. Because the stats you were just saying, he had, like, a fairly, like, impressive year stat-wise. But I just don't think he's that great of a player. I think he can get 16, 17 million from somewhere. Really? Really? Yeah. Okay, think, I'm out. If that's the range, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. You guys think Drogic is a reasonable target? Yeah, I was just going to bring him up. He was next on my list. A uh, very viable guard. Uh, def- definitely an upgrade. Could shoot the ball. Older, but... Yeah, yeah. But he can still defend on a decent level, from, you know. And he's, his vision is still good. I- I'm, I'm down for Gordon Drogic. I don't know about you guys. Uh, Gordon, um, he's getting up there in the age. Like, if I'm going to go after a 35-year-old point guard, um, I'm giving I'm gi- I'm giving Kyle Lowry thirty million dollars for a one year deal. I think Lowry, as much as I'd love to see Lowry, I think he's going to have better options. And I don't think he comes here unless it's a long term deal. Or we 
yeah. make like a move for another player to come with him. Yeah. Supposedly, uh, supposedly he wants, uh, like he wants to help out the, the Raptors. So it's going to be a sign and trade scenario, no matter where he goes. Uh-huh. Uh, so that kind of sucks. I mean, yeah, that makes it tough. I, I think honestly, as crazy as it sounds, I would love like a Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan reunion on the Knicks. <laughs> or, or, or better yet, better yet, uh, Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, on the I'm Knicks. down for that. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. You know, that, that game seven later is going to be wild. Amazing. Man. Amazing. Amazing. That's, that game's going to be crazy. Right. Um, another guy I wanted to, you know, bring up pick your brain a little bit. Will Barton. Will Barton could come in, either come off the bench or start for us on the wing, shoot the three, uh, can be a place, could be a secondary playmaker. What are your thoughts? Because I saw, because he, you know, him in that Denver situation, you know, Aaron Gordon comes along, uh, the emergence of Michael Porter Jr. How do you feel, guys, about uh, Will Barton? I feel I feel like he's a good, he's a solid player. I just feel like he, he's got some health concerns, no? Like he's, he's yeah. injured. Um. Yeah. Depending on, listen, for the right price, like I'll take anybody, you know, I was actually talking on my own pod uh, a couple of days ago and one of my guys brought up the idea of bringing Victor Oladipo in. And I was like, are you out of your mind? He's like, listen, I don't think, <laughs> I, don't think he'll, I don't think he'll ever be cheaper. If we can get Victor Oladipo for like $8 million on a one-year deal, you ain't taking that, that, that risk. I, I think I would. He convinced me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For the right price. And I feel like that's kind of the same way, you know, with, um, with Will Barton, you know, he's, uh, he's a very, very good player. Like you said, he, he can, uh, he is a secondary ball handler, which is really good too. He, he's, you know, pretty solid on the defensive side. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I really feel like this is the time to really swing for the fences in a lot of ways. That's why I do. I mean, I know for a fact that there's going to be some kind of big trade made. Yeah. Uh, whether it's to upgrade the wing in the starting lineup or obviously the point guard, I think is the, you know, the primary uh, position to upgrade at now whether that's a huge massive blockbuster like Damian Lillard or you know some kind of sign and trade for like Lonzo Ball for example who knows um I, you know one one player that I'm really really intrigued about that I'll kind of you know I, I guess ask you guys how you feel about it after the fire sale in Orlando one of the players that I was shocked shocked that was still on the you know on the team was Terrence Ross I like and- Terrence Ross I think that he can be had for peanuts and he's on a relatively fair deal. I think if Alec Burks walks and takes a bigger contract somewhere else, if we can get Terrence Ross for like a second round pick or a pair of seconds or something like that, like a a second in like 2029 and then like one in like 2022, for example, or like the Philadelphia one that we have this year, something, something obnoxious, something like uh, something that we don't need necessarily. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I think if we were to bring in like a Terrence Ross as like that, that bench two, three player, he put up 16 points a game. Now he's, his shooting numbers are down, but I think that Tibbs is such a freaking good coach that no matter who comes here, they're going to set them up for success, especially when it comes to shooting the three ball. And then obviously we have a tremendous, you know, training staff. So he's going to get a lot better in his mechanics and so on and so forth. So how do you guys feel about Terrence Ross? I love Terrence Ross. Um, I've had him on my fantasy basketball team like almost every year. Um, I think, I mean, he's lit us up and when the Knicks have been horrible this past, you know, 10 years or whatever. But um, I 
I kind of want he's usually like in a six man role in Orlando, right? Yeah, and I think we kind of take over that Alec Burks role if we did lose Alec Burks and we still right, right. I'm just saying with him and quickly, I don't know if they could coexist on the court together. I just don't know if I think Terrence Ross demands the ball a little too much. I think I think uh, you know it, it has a lot to do with the fact that there's not really a whole lot going on, especially that's true. That's yeah. true. I know. Uh, he definitely does demand the ball, but at the same time, you know, I feel like quickly was playing a lot more off ball on the bench mm-hmm. uh, this year because you had Alec Burks and Derek Rose doing the majority of the ball handling. Whereas Terrence Ross isn't your best ball handler. Like he can bring it up the court if you need him to, but it's not ideal. So then quickly would have more of like a facilitator role next year, which I I, I would love for him to, to, to get a little oh, bit more acclimated as a point guard because I truly do think that especially on a Tibbs ran team where you don't necessarily need that traditional you know eight nine ten assist per game type of guy because you have you know several ball handlers throughout the the starting lineup I think quickly could be the starting point guard of the future it's just a question of getting him more acclimated to that point guard role and I think that that would be a really good step in the right direction if you make him like a secondary ball handler on the bench yeah for sure I think that As far as the Terrence Ross, um, bringing him on the team and him coming off the bench and scoring for us would be incredible. Um, I feel like his market on the trade, like I feel like it'd be a little bit more competitive than what you guys are like saying. I don't know. I he's he's a veteran in it. Yeah, he's been a he's been a veteran, been consistent with his scoring throughout the years. I feel like he'll have a little bit more traction. From what uh, the Celtics give for like Fournier though? Two second round picks. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be something similar to that. He's on an expiring deal. This is a team, this is an Orlando team that's very obviously looking to rebuild. But you got to remember, that was a fire sale, though. It's not the offseason. Right. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you have to think, this is a team that's, they they have no leverage because everyone knows that they're rebuilding. So it's Mm -hmm. not like, oh, we we could keep Terrence Ross. It's like, no, you want to get that $13 million off your damn salary caps so that you can make moves elsewhere and i think that he comes here I, he goes wherever he goes for very cheap in my opinion i feel that you, you know like fire sales and like teams that might be really changing things up this offseason the celtics are probably going to make a lot of changes i think and with that being said i'd be really interested in a marcus smart trade that way like I'm not saying as a starting point guard but you could like really reduce Rose's role if you don't go out and get another point guard. And uh, I think Marcus Smart would be someone you could throw on a player like Trey Young, like we saw this was obviously an issue. And I mean, I don't know. I've been a big fan of Marcus Smart, and I don't know if he's going to be one of the players they try to keep with that core together. But, I mean, as far as, like, players that are Tibbs players, Marcus Smart just seems like he fits that mold. He would be perfect. He would be so perfect. Yeah. I think depending on the price, like I, I, mm-hmm. I think they would have to, they would probably keep him as more of like a, like a two more. So. Right. Um, not really like a starting point guard per se. Uh, if they made like a massive move for like a big named point guard and then had like a, a minor move for like a Marcus smart and then have him starting at your two. So like, 
listen, I'm the biggest Damian Lillard fan there is. So let's just hypothetically pretend they make a massive trade for Damian Lillard, right? I'd be so happy. <laughs> Dame, how? I mean, think about it this way. Dame, let me just pull up the the free agent centers for one second. All right, so you have Damian Lillard, Marcus Smart is your two, then you have RJ Barrett as your three, Julius Randle is your four, Nerlens Noel is your starting five, maybe or like uh, good pencil in Mitch. I think Mitch would be included. Oh, okay, okay. In the uh, in yeah, the but there's centers out there. You can find someone. I mean, I'm looking at the list. It's 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 not that appealing. <laughs> like, yeah. The only real appealing name here, like really, really appealing name, would be Jared Allen. But obviously, he's staying in uh, in in Cleveland. And he's going to get paid over there, yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, I hated on him when he first came out because he was so scrawny, and I hated that afro. But he's stud. Yeah, yeah, he really proved me wrong. He shut me up. Yeah, you got Cody Zeller. Blech. No, Robin no. Lopez, uh, Ines Cantor. No. Sean Holmes is probably – he's definitely staying there. He's getting paid big from uh, Sacramento. I think um, – I'm not a big – I'm not a big fan of him for some reason. I don't, I don't like Sean Holmes. No, nah, I like Rashad Holmes. Sean Holmes go yeah. hard. Nice. He's yeah. The, he's the second best player on that team, dog. Yeah. He's yeah, pretty yeah. good. You know? Yeah, he's, he's good. I don't know. For some reason, there's something about the – not being a floor spacing big, I guess. But, but I don't mean, know. But no, I, yeah, he'd be a fit. He, uh, he, he made what, like five million dollars this year too? No, no, he's he's gonna want a lot more next year. No, I mean, I mean this year. I think. He oh made. yeah, he made nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, all right, all right. So center, center to 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 be to be determined. Let's say right. it's a combination of like Hassan Whiteside, Nerlens Noel, and like Norvell Pell, right? Just as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you just kind of rotate those four guys. You have a starting lineup of Damian Lillard, Marcus Smart, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and then you have Derrick Rose, uh, Derrick Rose quickly, Reggie Bullock, Obi, uh, Obi Toppin, and then whatever center. That's a that's a that that. Listen, you upgraded. You upgraded big time. Yeah, oh yeah, paper. yeah, definitely. And even like for center too, like I think it's going to be a situation kind of like this year where they're just going to kind of keep Taj is like. Hey man, just like stay in shape just in case. Like, you know, if someone gets hurt, whatever, and Tibbs will bring him back. So I don't think he's gonna go play anywhere else at this point. No, in his career. no. I mean, there, there's a joke out there where it's like, as long as you know Tom Thibodeau is a coach, you know for a fact that uh Derek Rose and Taj Gibson will never be, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's worked out for us so far. <laughs> I'll take it. No, it definitely has for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh Derek Rose's first stint. In, in New York, it was like um, Hornacek was like, can you please shoot threes? He's like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, he comes and plays for Coach Tibbs. He, Tibbs is like, you know, can you please shoot threes? He's like, Coach, I will literally die for you, whatever you need. Like, <laughs> whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. So, uh, yeah, uh, Derek, listen, I think that would be incredible. Marcus Moore would be a huge, huge, huge acquisition, depending on what we were, what we, what we would do at like the point guard, like whether it's like a Lonzo or whether it's like a massive Damian Lillard trade. I'd be down for that for sure. What about uh, Mike Conley? He's a free agent this year. I think he's getting up there in the years. Like at that, he's point, at that point, I'd rather, I feel like I'd rather pay Chris Paul $120 million. You think Chris Paul's leaving now? 
supposedly he's opting out. I don't know if he's leaving. I think Phoenix like, pays him. Yeah, I, th- I think Phoenix pays him after. It, may, it just makes too much sense. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, I think he, he can max out at $146 million over three years. Can you imagine that bad <laughs> age? God damn. What is that? Let's do the math real quick. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a whiz to divide that by three. Yeah, that's forty-eight million dollars a year. <laughs> Unreal. Imagine thirty-seven-year-old Chris Paul making forty-eight million. And people, people were reluctant to give him the contract with Houston. Shit. I, I wouldn't have. Yeah, me either. He earned it. You know. Nah, he definitely did. He definitely. Norman Powell's out there too. He's gonna be looking to get paid. I'm not trying to commit that much money. Yeah. They traded a lot for him. I would have to imagine that Portland tries to find a way to keep him for sure. Unless Dame wants out, right? Unless Dame wants out. So, uh, news news flash, boys and girls. Uh, Jason Kidd, which was one of oh, I saw that. Yeah, one of Damian Lillard's like preferred options, just took took his name out of the hat. <laughs> he doesn't want to coach Portland. So, yeah. uh, it's it, listen. It's like a freaking soap opera. It's like up and for down. Real. Yeah, and it's like I don't know if that. I don't know if that's like, oh, I know Dame's not going to be there, or it's like, I think we only have one more year with that window, and then it's going to be a fire sale, and I don't want to be there for year two of that. <laughs> year two of that. Good point. Yeah. No, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, that's definitely an interesting situation, what's going on in Portland. That's one of the more interesting storylines of the offseason, I think. Yeah. Yeah, a I whole mean- bunch of question marks with uh, that Portland team. It's gonna be, and also with that Portland team, you gotta you gotta take into context, like you know, like Terry, the guy who got fired, Terry uh, Stocks, he's been there for like almost a decade, and you yeah. gotta think like that voice has to get old at some point, right? And yeah, the I mean, he person- hasn't got it done. Yeah, for sure, and the personnel there too. You know, we were talking about it before, Brad. Like how you know the combination of Nurkic, Cantor, and then you have Melo coming off the bench. Like that defensively, that's not gonna win you games. And Jokic, you saw what Jokic did against them. Pretty much decimated them. When Denver traded Nurkic, I was like, are you guys nuts? Like, that that kid's a stud. I know that Jokic was a a megastar, you know, in the making, but clearly they knew what they had in him. The fact that they were willing to get let let go of Nurkic to to give, you know, uh, Joker the the reins was just incredible. I mean, that that guy is just – He's just like a freak of nature. Like, where the hell do they make guys like that? Seven foot tall, pudgy, pudgy white dudes that like play the point guard, sort of. <laughs> you know, and no, yeah, he's legitimately a point center. It's point center. unreal. Yeah, I was just telling Nolan like he's one of the best engines in the NBA. You know, he's like Harden. He's like Luca. Like he's just so much offense. It comes through him. It, it, it's amazing. You know, he'll 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 go through. He'll he'll beat a playoff uh, series with him, Austin Rivers, Capazzo. Give me Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. Let's go hooping. Let's go win us a game. I, I love that about him. You know, uh, for sure. It's funny because like. The stuff that just doesn't show up on the stat sheets um, that that you, you really just can't quantify, you know, it's funny. Uh, Joker is the clear-cut MVP winner, right? Mm-hmm. And averaged like 26, 11, and 8 or something like that. Had James Harden averaged 26, 11, and 8, you'd say it was a down year. You know what I mean? Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, it's like I just feel like an assist from Joker – 
is more impactful towards winning than an assist from James Harden, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. A bucket from, you know, how many times did James Harden put up 40 points in a loss? Whereas right, right. Joker will put up, you know, 12 assists and, and 24 points, for example, but they blew them out by, you know, 12, you know, yeah. so. His playmaking, he can shoot from anywhere on the court. Like he's just do everything. And even defensively, he got way better in defending the pick and roll. You know, he's not he's not gonna block your shot, but damn where he's gonna be in position. You, you know what I mean? Like, shout out to shout out to to the Jokic. You know, I, I had uh texted Nolan, uh, Brad. I wanted to get your uh thing about this. Uh, who would you rather start a franchise with, Jokic or Giannis? Ooh, right, right. This was easy for me. Today. Today. Like, today, how- today, like you got an expansion team and they told you you could pick either one of these guys. Joker or Giannis. Damn. For the next decade, bro. To the same age, right? Pretty close. Yeah, pretty much same player. And no injuries with both of them. So it's like. Damn. <laughs> I want to look at numbers. <laughs> if you had to start. Yo, Europe has taken over. Yeah. Yeah, man. I can't believe there was, I was telling Hans of this on the last pod. Like, there was a time where me and most Knicks fans actually thought that Przingis was better than Jokic. And <laughs> now I just look back at that. I'm like, wow, I was a fucking idiot. Yeah. I'm going to present you guys a question after this in just a second. I had this argument with my boy at work. Yeah. Um, all right. He's 26, turning 27. 28, 28 a game. A block and a half. 11 rebounds for, for Giannis. Six. Yeah, I'm going Giannis. You're going Giannis? So he can't, he can't shoot a three ball to save his, life, save his life, and I understand that. But what he does on the defensive side is just incredible. You know? That's true. Uh, he averages a block and a half and a steal and a half a game on top of six assists, on top of 11 rebounds. Um, you know, puts up 30 a night. I'm going Giannis, but it's by it's it's by it's 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 close. It's definitely very close. Now, let me ask you guys this, because it was easy to ask this days ago, and then the next day you probably would have changed your mind. So now that both of those massive games by both players are done, try to keep recency bias out of this. Who's the better player today? If you had to start, a, if you had to, if you had to win a title within the next three years, let's put it that way, because these players are very far apart in age. Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic? Who's the better player? Who would you rather, if you had to win a title within three years or, or die? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's a good question. That's even tougher than the Jokic Giannis thing. Uh, I thought so. But I, you, guys, you guys go first. I, I'm, I'm going to go Luka. you going Luka? Why? I just, he just has such a complete game and I, I love the way that he can like slow down the game and like he also averaged almost five turnovers a game that's true that's true but he also has a seven foot three guard sitting in the corner for <laughs> most of his minutes too but uh so bad I just, I, I just think that um as much as I love Dame and I love like his shooting ability, scoring, gets people involved and everything like that. I just think that Luca has more of a he elevates his teammates more than Dame does. Yep. 
And uh, what about you, Hamza? I'm going to have to go with Luca as well. Luca, like his projection in the next three years is going, man, it's incredible. And the, the, what he's done in the league so far and what he's done to the Clippers this season and last season, you could argue that maybe last season if, if KP could play to three-fourths of his potential, they yeah. could have been in the Clippers last year. You could have argued that. I think, <laughs> I think I think Luca. Man, I think Luca has the potential to be the best player in the yeah. league. For the part that makes that question really tough, though, is the three-year window. Because now that Luca's not great now, but Dame's like in his absolute prime. As, the only thing, I mean, they're damn near the same player caliber player right now, except for the fact that Damian Litter during in the clutch is just worldly. And that's the and only thing that really separates three. them at this time is is the clutchness to me. And also, I mean. Like, like I said before, um, the one real knock on Luca when you pull out the stats is that he does – he's very reckless with the ball. Yeah, uh, yeah. He averages, he averages like four and a half – I think four and a half uh, turnovers per game for his career right around there for this year as well. You don't think that comes with that? That's the territory that comes with the engine, you know, the engine of the offense like that? I mean, Dame is too, though. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, Dame, Dame averages like three – you know, just I have Giannis' stats pulled up right here. He does do a lot of the ball handling, too. Um, he's Petition. got three and a half, 3.4. Okay. So, four and a half is per game over an eight season is a lot, you know. Um, I think that gets better with age, too, though. I think he, like, I yeah. I think he definitely will get better with age, 100%. You keep in mind the kid's 22, you know. Right, right. Uh, so, Dave is my favorite player in the league uh, by a mile, by a mile. There's no compare, like there's literally no comparison. Like Book is up there, um, you know, Spider Mitchell is up there, but like Dame by a mile is my favorite player. So originally I was like, oh, easy, easy answer, Dame. Because right. that was especially right after his uh, double overtime game against the Nuggets, where he just went god mode, and it was yeah. just like, really and then the next day, Luca, I think he put up like 42 and 14 or something like that, and they said that there were six, six possessions, six scores that went either that were either not how do i how do i phrase this properly there were six scores for the entire game on the on the maverick side that were not scored by luca or assisted by luca there were six baskets total uh-huh. everything else was either scored by luca or assisted by luca that's crazy plus like the fact that he's like a 6 foot 7 guard and he's like a bigger body yeah, some of the ability to like you know do a lot more playmaking out of the post where Damian Lillard really can't do that as much, yeah. which makes him really dangerous in that regard too. Um, I think that the one real knock, like I mentioned, is the um, the the turnovers, but I think that that's something that does get better over time. And yeah, I, I switched my I changed my my, my mind completely, Luca. Oh, wow. and it yeah. hurts me to say it. it hurts me. To say it. <laughs> I feel that, but yeah, I mean, like. Uh... Luca, he's doing what he's doing this series too against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, like two of the best perimeter defenders in the league. He's just getting buckets like whenever he wants, however he wants. It's just so impressive for a kid that age. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, switching gears, switching gears. I wanted to, I wanted to talk, I wanted to touch a little bit on the draft. because uh, the Knicks they got the nineteenth and the twenty-one pick. And um, they got two first, they got two second round picks as well. Um, I personally, like I'm in the camp of um, 
try to, you know, package those picks and try to get, you know, at one to two rookies. I'm not really a big fan of bringing in all those rookies onto the team, oh. especially what we did um, in the playoffs. Uh, a couple of guys that uh, that intrigued me throughout, you know, the NCAA uh, season, uh, Corey Kitzberg from Gonzaga. He shot 40 percent from three his last two years. Uh, great team defender. Not the best against one on one, especially uh, again. He got exposed in that Baylor game with those quicker guards with uh with Mitchell and uh, Butler. He he kind of got exposed there, but he's a good team defender. Showed that th- throughout his years in Gonzaga. Um, compare him to more like a like a Joe Harris type. I, I like him a lot. Another guard, uh, another uh, guy that we could pick up, uh, Josh Christopher, a real explosive guard, uh, dynamic handles, which I think will translate greatly in the league. Uh, Great pick and roll player. It's going to be interesting to see who picks him up. I think the Knicks have a spot for him on the bench. And um, the last guy that I've been talking about since the season began, uh, Sharif Cooper at, at uh, Auburn. I've seen, I seen him on the timeline all the time now. Uh, great small. vision. He's small. He's yeah. like yeah. His, his defense is bad, too, and mostly it's because he is small. <laughs> No, I agree. His he's he's small, but uh, the things the things he does off the pick and roll, his vision is is up there with Cade and and Snugs. He he has really really great vision. Um, he's very quick. Uh, reminds me his speed reminds me a little bit of Kira, a little bit. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see. He was uh, he had issues with injuries throughout his college season. Didn't really get to see uh hundred percent what he could do on, on on the college floor, but what he did play, he. He played lights out. Um, you know, one one. I'm not saying they. I, I'm not a big college guy. I'll be honest with you, but um, I'm not. You know, as far as like knowledgeability, but you know, it, just the way you're speaking about Sharif Cooper it reminds me a lot of like Kemba Walker and what it is that we all thought of Kemba. Like he was like, oh, he's like a you know a a, a shooting guard in a in a you know a point guard's body. He's like a yeah. six, six one guy. You know, he, he definitely lacks size and stuff like that. And obviously, he turned himself into a thirty point a game scorer. Uh, and, and an absolute all-star. So, I mean, you know, we could see. Um, like I mentioned, I'm, I'm not the biggest on college. Like, uh, I, I I actually enjoy it when my guys write about college stuff because it kind of forces me to learn a little bit more about the game. Like, I actually did an article recently, uh, you know, centers that the Knicks could potentially target. Uh, I, I really do think if we do draft anybody, obviously depending on what goes on in free agency, but, we do draft anybody, uh, and obviously depending on if Mitchell Robinson is traded or not, I think a center being drafted is, is a very, very high likelihood. Um, guys that I like, Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky, he's a stud. I would love him at like 19 or 21. Um, who else is good? If, if Kai Jones were to fall to like 19, I think he would be a stud. He reminds me a lot of uh, Miles Turner as well, and, and he can shoot. I think that that would be a good uh good. I actually I actually just pulled up Tankathon while we were talking. Yeah. They have Kai Jones going to the Knicks with uh, at twenty one. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot a lot of the mock drafts that I've seen don't have him went uh, you know dropping out of the top fifteen. You know, yeah, well, yeah. Um, Charles Bassey, out of Western Kentucky, he's a stud. He puts up numbers, and and he can shoot the ball a little bit. So and he's a bigger he's a bigger. Uh, bigger center like he's like 240 250 pounds like that's not something we're used to but he could also you know he plays he's a he's a nice rim runner as well and that's kind of you know what the mold is that Tibbs likes in his guys like defensive guys that can attack the rim we'll see 
you know, um, I'm actually looking at a mock draft right now. I think uh, the kid from Baylor, Davion Mitchell, would be a, a tremendous addition. I think, I think, realistically speaking, it'll never happen because <laughs> of, of Tibbs, but I think yeah. he can start. I, I think he can start day one on a team. I, I think he, I think he can start, but I I don't know. I don't see him just because he is like he's gonna be twenty three to start the next yeah. season. Yeah, and um, his raw assist numbers are good, but his reads aren't like that impressive. Like his assists are just like kind of basic one pass cuts. I mean, he's got. I'm writing this whole draft article, so I've really into the like, prospects right now. Is yeah. he is uh, like a first step explosions really good his lateral quickness he's got a bigger frame he's he's not a great shooter i think he shot 32 percent two years ago up to 44 percent which is a huge improvement yeah. but um i just don't think he i don't think he's a top 10 pick so i think he will there's definitely a trade-up target i don't think he falls to 19 but i mean i think we have the assets to move up if that is somebody we wanted yeah. What about what, how do you guys feel about Cam Thomas? Because he's like one of the guys that uh, is being projected to the Knicks pretty pretty often too. Um, okay, prospect. Um, I, I don't know. I would look. I would look. Uh, the, the the draft is too deep in my opinion. I don't know. I feel like there's a whole bunch of guys. Thomas. Uh, I don't know. And and, and talking about that Baylor Thank squad. You. Yeah, talking about that beta squad, like, I was telling Nolan the other day, like, I'm kind of, I think that whole, those guards are a little bit overrated, in my opinion. I don't Maybe. know. Yeah. I like Jared Butler. I think that yeah. if, if someone got lucky and he slipped into the second round, which I doubt is going to happen, if he slips into, like, the top of the second round, the Knicks should trade up to get him. Yeah, yeah. If it's a uh, second round thing. He'd yeah. be such a solid addition at, like. I remember that Detroit pick if he was there. That's, like, the. That that second round Detroit pick we have is like right at the top of the Yeah, it's pick number thirty-two. So uh, it's the second pick, the second pick of the round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what we really should be talking about is out of the four picks. I mean, there is no way the Knicks draft more than one or perhaps two players. Yep, I think two. Whether yeah. it's whether it's trade up, whether it's trade out of the draft completely. Trade for a player uh, or something. There's no way the Knicks come out of this draft with. I, I I personally think they don't come out of this draft with more than one rookie. Mark my words. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, it could, I, it could I, I think maybe two, just because I don't. It could I, be two. Yeah, yeah. Um, just but because I, I don't know what you package that Philadelphia pick into, and I'm not saying that guy even makes the roster or anything, but. But yeah, uh, I think that maybe because we're picking, because we're picking thirty-two, maybe whoever's picking number thirty, I'm not really really too sure who it is. Maybe yeah. they those two picks for thirty, and we get the last yeah. pick in the first round or something like that. We 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 leapfrog, uh, you know, Houston or Milwaukee, whoever the hell it is, that has the thirty-first pick, and then just kind of take whoever we want there. Uh, and then you know, either we're consolidating the two, you know, nineteen and twenty-one. Uh, and, and moving up in the draft and getting somebody or just trading out altogether and using those two picks in a, in a trade for whoever it is. Um, how, how, I mean, let's say we do trade up. How far up do you think 19 and 21 get us? About 10. You think 10? No, I think below 10. I think it's definitely I think like 14. Yeah, 15. I think 10 the highest, but I mean, 
you might have to include include a player like Knox or something. Yeah, maybe. Because they were talking about from from eight to two. From eight to two, they wanted uh, the pick and Mitchell Robinson so that we could draft LaMelo Ball last year. Now well, that's a big leap from eight to two, though. Like big like in terms of like the talent difference. Talent level, yeah, I guess. I mean, it was it was it was a foregone conclusion that you know Charlie was gonna take LaMelo had he dropped a three. And uh, right. we would have had to I mean that would have been the Warriors kind of like taking advantage of us at that moment in time. Like, yeah, give us uh give us Mitch. <laughs> give us Mitch yeah. at number eight, you know. <laughs> uh, whatever. And I think it's yeah. also it's important to, you know, look at Tibbs track record with rookies. If we do bring in more than one rookie, where are they going to play? Right? Yeah. Look how he treated quickly. Look how he treated Obi. I know quickly got minutes, but yeah, not quickly, as much. quickly played way more than I ever expected him to. Yeah, but it, even it, but he definitely should have played it took, more. It took a month and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for him to get really like real minutes, it took Obi. It took Obi till the playoffs to like eclipse fifteen. The Obi, I give him a little bit more like slack for just because Julius played so well. Yeah, but still, yeah, he should have. He should have seen more minutes. At the same time, it literally like he. You know what it is. You know what I like about Obi, and I hate to I hate to say this, but I, I really don't think he's going to be a Nick for very long. Um, and I get. I, I hate to say that because I think no, I really like Obi. Yeah, I know. I do. I do a lot. He's he in over the last like month and a half, two months, like you just saw him. He was like, all right, well, I can't really score the ball that effectively right now in this offense. So I'm going to just try to me- try my best to contribute any way possible. And uh, that's what he did. And he just started getting better and better as time went by to the point where in the playoffs, he trusted him. Tim's trusted him with like 12, 14 minutes a game, which was incredible to see, you know? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about him, uh, Obi and Randall playing together next year? I could see it. I I'd see like it. to see it. I don't know if Tibbs will do it. <laughs> it depends. You know, it depends on Juli- on on Julius and who he'd have to guard at the five. If it's nobody like you know all that crazy and like uh, someone that's going to put you out of a game like a Joel Embiid, for example, then sure. I don't. I don't see. I don't see a reason why not. You know, and not for not for starting. You know, but no, like, no, but yeah, that's that's what made the Hawks series so frustrating is that we decided to go big whenever they put Collins at the five. Right. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't see an issue at all. Uh, what do you guys think about? Um, I'm looking, thinking of like possible trade up targets. What do you guys think about Moses Moody if he falls down? I'm not too familiar with him. I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, he's just a guard. Um, SEC freshman of the year. He draw. He's he moves really well without the ball. He's a great defender, and he can draw fouls. He's like uh, he has seven. Um, he's a great offensive rebounder. Has seventy point three percent putbacks on those offensive rebounds. And I just think he's like a really good fit for um, what Tibbs looks for in a guard. I think him and Jaden Springer. And who else did I have on here? Sharif Cooper are like the three guards that I'd love to see the Knicks go after in the draft. I mean, who I like, and, and you know, you guys might oppose me because of uh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I would love, love Jalen Suggs. I don't think that he, I don't personally think that we'd have enough assets to move up to get him. That's my thing, yeah. But I think like Jalen Suggs would be a tremendous fit on this team. Jalen Green also. Yeah, uh, Jalen's great. Yeah, that, that's, that's a better cool. version of Anthony Edwards to me. Yeah, 
Have yeah. you guys watched any of the uh, G League Ignite games this year? When I can, when I can catch them, 100%. I, I love that Jarrett Jack is out there with these kids. With these kids, yeah. Jarrett yeah. Jack. Oh, oh a quick question I've always wanted to ask Nick's fans. Would Jarrett Jack this year be better than Alfred Payton? Yes, yes, 100%. At least he could shoot the ball. He doesn't even have to move. He could just shoot the ball. We're good. <laughs> what the hell happened to Alfred Payton, though? I mean, I just, you know what it is, though? He got in his head. It's, it's, I think it's more of like his fit on this team was just really bad because Alfred Payton's not that bad of a player. Like I've seen him last year. He played pretty well, like seven assists a game four, five I mean, downs, he, 11. I know Tibbs wants your point guard to attack the basket, attack the basket, attack the basket, but you got to do other things too. You can't just have tunnel vision and miss RJ in the corner like four times a game. And he's just such a, uh, like a liability on offense where like they literally ignore him. He's standing yeah. out on the perimeter and they ignore him. Like, uh, please give it, give it to Alfred Payton. Please give it to Alfred Payton. Yeah. Let him shoot the ball. That's the, that's a terrible player to have. But I think that if you put him on like a, a second unit, that's like chock full of score, like, like scores and shooters, I think he'd be a lot better because yeah, I, think, he I think he's better off the bench as well. I think he's far better suited. I listen. I remember I used to play like a lot of fan duel back in the day. And when he and uh, Julius Randall were both with uh, new Orleans and yeah, yeah. Uh, he went down with an injury. Both of them were triple double machines. Both of them, especially Alfred Payton. Yeah, he had like three or he had like three or five that year, I think. Like all the time, like that stretch of games where like I, I had him for like peanuts on the FanDuel thing, and he just like he put up so many freaking points for me. So yeah, he's not a bad player. It's just like it's it's definitely the 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 circumstance that he was put into for sure. Definitely, I think towards the end of the year too, that like he he heard all the criticism. And you saw, like, especially the last stretch and even in the playoffs, he was going out and he was just looking to put up points to, like, shut people up and, like, forcing bad shots rather than, like, just playing that role that this team needed from him. And, like you said, maybe that's part of the personnel, but he played not – I mean, there were stretches, there were games, at least in the regular season, where you'd see him score, like, 20 points, and he'd actually make some baskets. And, like, he just lost – it, I don't know what it's like a space jam when they suck the powers. Or I said that. I said that. I was like, <laughs> Randall just like space jam Alfred Payton, like take everything out of him completely. Legitimately. And I'm fine with that trade off. I don't remember who it was. Uh, I think it may have been Jeremy Cohen, but I'm not uh-huh. sure. Like somebody just said that uh, Alfred Payton plays well about every three and a half games. So that just, to, just enough to keep his starting job. He plays yeah. ball. Yeah. Games, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what, that's what, you know, keeps him uh, starting. But yeah. Hopefully, you know, he has a decent title run next year with the Beijing Tigers, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shang, he's he's going to get, he's going to get signed to a hundred million yen contract with the Shanghai Sharks. Um, if you guys weren't aware, a hundred million yen actually translates to about 12 US dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, he'll crush it there for sure. I mean, listen, if Jeremy Lin could could absolutely annihilate that league, Alfred Payton would be like dunk. He would be Michael Jordan for sure. Oh, right. For sure. For sure. Um, real quick, uh, before we let you go, don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, I wanted to talk about one playoff series that really caught me and Nolan's eyes is um, the Lakers and Suns. And, uh, you know, with the LeBron, you know, LeBron coming back from that groin injury, AD having himself a, a groin injury and, uh, 
trying to come back, couldn't come back. Uh, the role players, Schroeder, didn't play well. Caruso, you know, lackluster. A lot of the guys play lackluster. Um, as far as the future with the Lakers, how do you feel, man? Because, you know, Laker Nation is probably just as big as Knicks, you know, Knicks fans. Like, how do you feel? I mean, the fact that they weren't able to secure Schroeder is big. Not that he played well in the playoffs at all. I mean, he was absolutely god-awful in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their window to win a championship is, is, is slim. And I think, I thought that was, it was slim before the season started, you know? Um, yeah. Two more years, probably. I think, uh, I think LeBron's just going to finish out his contract. And then whenever his, wherever his son gets drafted, he's just going to play his rookie season with his kid and call it quits. I don't think he, it's not that he doesn't care. Of course he wants to win. It's just like when you have other teams that are putting together super teams like the Nets, for example, where it's just like uh, they're, 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 they're just cheating the system almost to an yeah. extent. It does yeah. get hard. But again, you know, listen, uh, you can realistically thank you can thank LeBron for all this stuff because he's really the one who started this like, hey, let me go get my best friends, a.k.a. the best players in the world to kind of team up with me and yeah. go win titles. So it is what it is. One thing about that series, too, this like your son series, and we we're just talking about Alfred Payton playing in China. If you can go to China and figure out whatever the hell Cameron Payne figured out. Yeah. I mean, hell yeah. How, how surprising so has Cameron Payne been? Man. Payne was bad. Campaign was really bad for a while. And, and then all just. And I haven't watched him much this year until we played the Suns and he started like lighting us up. I remember talking to Holmes. I was like, I'm okay with like anyone else beating us, but like I can't have Cameron Payne flipping being what being the player who beats us. It just was yeah. frustrating. Yeah, I remember. Definitely rough. Remember, he was a lottery pick too from Warren yeah, State. Yeah, I probably agree. So is Peyton. So I don't know, I mean, too oh, much. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, just in regards to the Lakers, I feel like the Anthony Davis injury really kind of just solidified everything. Um, I mean, you see all those bubble teams struggling now. I think Denver's the only one left that was in the. You knew there was a problem. You knew there was a problem when TJ Warren looked like Kobe Bryant. <laughs> I was so sold on TJ Warren earlier on. And then. I mean, he's been hurt, so it's hard to, like, knock him too much. But, yeah. He, you wanted him on the Knicks, man. Yeah, him. that was when I thought we were a lottery team and we could take a flyer on him. Yeah. <laughs> and that, once we actually had success, that was, that I, was I, that. I could see I could see a trade. I just don't want to – I don't want to pay – I don't want to pay the price that it would take to get bubble TJ Warren because I think that was just – Right. But I, w- I would love him. I would love him on the Knicks for sure. I think uh, yeah. again, it all comes down to contracts, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Definitely has the potential to be a, a Alec Burks upgrade, right? I think a, a starting, a starting wing more. Yeah, more I agree. Yeah, I think it would be great. And, and now that he can shoot, forget about it. To think about this though, like he was playing well and then he had that bubble performance and then everyone was talking about how the Phoenix Suns literally traded him for cash. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Remember that, right? Yo, shout out to shout out to um James John James Jones, right? That's that's the GM or James John. I forgot his name. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm bad with that. But regardless, the new GM who took over, um, number one, he continued on from the success they they had on the bubble. Uh, was able to get Jay Crowder, 
was able to continue the development of Bridges and Cam Johnson, uh, identified Cam Johnson as a talent and decided, you know what, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm going to go reach for him. Shout out to him, you know, that, that takes balls, especially for a new GM and a losing situation with the Suns. Which they have been, you know, for numerous years. Until, yep. And and the Chris Paul gamble. You got to remember, uh, before, you know, even though he did play well in OKC, people still saw that contract and then think maybe he had a fluke year. You know, people, those rumors were out there. And he said, fuck that. I'm going to take a chance. And we're going to continue building on, which which yeah. uh, I thought was pretty dope from the news. It's working out. <laughs> yeah. And Jay Crowder was uh, another target of mine in the offseason as well. I, I think he was like a really, really sneaky uh, hire, uh, you know, signing rather. And yeah. I was really jealous when the Suns got him. And, you know, it's proven, it's proven correct. You know, yeah, him, him and Bogon or Bogdan are uh, were definitely two people I was looking at. But I also wanted Bertons and he looks like ass this he year. Like so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James Jones uh, from, from, you know, the Miami Heat. Uh, uh-huh. Here's, uh, you know, the, the, the three-point sniper. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Uh, yep. He is the general manager of the Phoenix Suns. Lo and behold, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I didn't realize this. Yeah, same, I didn't know that. Same, uh, I didn't know it was the same name. I knew it was the same name, but I didn't realize it was the same person. You know, it was like like we had that assistant coach, Mike Miller, and I thought it was like that Mike Miller. Oh, yeah. Mike Miller. <laughs> yeah, and I was, I, was all, I was wrong on that, so I just yeah. assumed I was wrong on this one, too. No, because when they did hire him, it was kind of like a head scratch. I remember thinking, like, yeah, LeBron got some pull, and, you know, hooking his homies <laughs> up with jobs. <laughs> like, yo, hooking his homies <laughs> up with jobs and shit. Like, damn, that's what's up. But he actually has a brain on him and uh, has been a positive, kind of like what Leon Rose has done to us. You know, he's been really positive over there in, in Phoenix and changing that franchise around. Yeah. And it looked like Booker was going to leave, you know, a year or two ago before all of this. And now that's definitely not the case. Yeah. Look, yeah. yeah. All right, man, Brad. We don't want to take up too much more of your time. Now you got to run. So, um, uh, before we go, is there any uh, any your uh, daily Knicks fan sided? Um, anything you want to plug? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just just you know, just my my personal uh, Twitter would be cool. Um, obviously, you know, thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure. I had a lot of fun for sure. Um, you know, Nolan uh, wasn't with us at Daily Knicks for a little while. Obviously, you're back on board now, which is great. Uh, very excited to get more stuff out of you. Um, obviously, you can find me at, uh, you know, at DailyKnicksFS, uh, DailyKnicks.com with the Under the Fan Sided Network. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at, at BradDressler24. All right. Awesome, man. Pleasure having you on. Uh, hopefully, we can talk to you again sometime this offseason. Sweet. 100%. I'm all yeah. for it. Take it easy, buddy. Take, Take it care. easy. Bye-bye.